0: nerdsreviews.com presents nerds talking the podcast yo talk about lightsabers stunning your tv screens what you want to stream everything beyond your dreams want to talk about movies sports or even politics go ahead and tune into us we'll give you all of it whatever your debate next box or playstation marvel or dc mac or pc teraflops when the movie drops gigabytes chips ram no matter what it is we got all of it welcome to the show nerds talking the podcast Welcome to Nerds Talking, the podcast. This is our soccer special as we talk about, well, soccer. We have a bunch of guests joining us today. Carlos, as you know, he's the co-host of the show. Hello. And we have Danny Pinto, who also has his own soccer podcast. Danny, fill us in real quick on what you got going on.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, thank you guys for uh, for having me on. Um, I host the uh, Seleção podcast, which is a podcast about the Portuguese national team i actually just um finished up my latest episode today you'll be hearing it tomorrow so if you got apple itunes spotify all that uh just uh, go ahead and uh, hit me up on uh, the on podcast and uh, yeah it's, uh, it's a good time to cover portuguese soccer as uh, they are doing quite well but obviously we are here today to talk about the united states and soccer so good to be here boys
0: thank you for Thanks coming for we got Emery, who is the director of Placer United. Emery, say hello.
2: Hi, guys. And um, I've been coaching, playing rest, uh, almost all my life. And coaching about uh, 30 years. And wow. since five, six years old, touching the ball, playing almost every level, except the highest level professional. But uh, right now, I just came from the field. So i still involved with the
3: youth soccer
0: heavily. Nice. And Maurice, who has been on the show before in our, our gaming episode about streaming. Give me your background on soccer, Maurice.
4: Um, I'm probably like not competitive. I've, I played throughout my whole childhood. I played with Danny here. Uh, I think I played yeah, with you, you guys too. I played with you guys too you when we played for Benfica. And then uh, the little yep. our little Sacramento or Benfica, not the real Benfica. But, um, yeah, um, I played. I followed soccer and football for, like, my whole life. You know, it's just, like, it's it's a passion, especially because we're Portuguese, and we've always, like, followed the, the Portuguese team, the national team. And now, like, even with us being here in the United States, we still follow the United States. We take pride in that, too, I think, as well.
0: Oh, yeah. And we got Carlos as well. He still plays soccer at age, what, 50?
3: 46. Thank you. Uh, close enough.
0: We round, oh, up. round up. All right, fellas, thanks for coming to the show, Nerds Podcast, Nerds talking, I should say. um So we're gonna start. It's all about American soccer here today. It's around the horn style. So I'll bring up the talking points and we'll go around. You guys give your your opinion on it and your take. And we're gonna start off with the American soccer and the pay to play format, which Carlos can touch on that for a minute. Um, what is the pay-to-play format that you are bringing up?
3: Well, just as it says, pay-to-play. I mean, you have to pay to play soccer in the United States. Um, and the downside is if you can't afford to play, I mean, to pay, then you're not going to play. I mean, the U.S. misses out on a lot of talent due to this format. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Emory and Danny, I really don't think it's going anywhere. I think business comes first when it comes to the U.S. All right, Emery, what do you think about that?
2: Well, this is the over thirty years in uh, United States soccer. I learn as I go, and um, and you're right about the pay to play. So all the clubs are structured by volunteers and uh, small budgets and different type of levels they call or they identify themselves and uh, able to rent the fields and uh, find some coaches and equipments and type of things has money involved so they have to distrib- distribute those uh, the price and the cost and uh, higher you go you have to get more serious and you have to find more professionals to help the youth soccer so it become a job and this structure based on the demand and based on the how how we how we go unfortunately you have to pay the play all right not, all right same way with other uh, countries and c- cultures so,
0: yeah yeah and then danny what you take on the american soccer pay-to-play youth it's more in the youth um but what you take on that
1: Well, for me, it's the, you know, just in terms of cost, soccer is one of the more expensive uh, sports uh, solely based on the amount of kids you have on a team. You know, with basketball, you see how AAU operates in basketball. It's half the size of a soccer team. Um, Yeah, you're buying sneakers at $120, $130 a pair, but um, just travel costs, and you know the the renting of facilities and all that all that stuff is half the price at the very least of what anyone is doing in soccer uh solely based on the pay-to-play format and on top of that this country still has not done a good enough job of reaching out to its best athletes to play the game of soccer now maybe we're just not fundamentally there uh but you know, you look at the athletes and the and the superstars in football, in basketball, in baseball, um, in hockey. Even we know that this country of nearly three hundred and fifty million people, we we should be able to field a, a team of twenty two guys that should be competing um, on in, every four years in the World Cup, and you know, see what you want about the Gold Cup every two years whatever it is. But there should be a competitive squad in this country. And uh, in recent history, it hasn't been there. I think it was embarrassing that the team didn't qualify for the World Cup um, four years ago. Uh, A lot of young players now applying their trade in England and in Italy and uh, in Germany. So it's, it's good there. But in terms of cost alone, it's a very expensive project to be involved in solely based on you know the number of, of kids that need to be involved in order to have teams function.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right about that, uh, Maurice. What did you take? I mean, do you think kids should stick to the high school route, uh, or you know, or do you feel like they have to play youth soccer to really to really gauge their skill, their talent, uh, to even play the high school route?
4: Um, I think like Danny and is it it's Emory, right? Yes. Both they both touched on things that like I, I view like it costs money to to play, you know. For these guys to get better, they need the better coaching, they need the better the fields, the staff to get them to improve, you know. And then like Danny said, we can't even reach the cream of the crops of like athletes because unfortunately, most of these sports that we watch, all these athletes come from what? Lower income areas. You know, they they they, they can't afford to play soccer. So unfortunately we pretty much price out all the players that might have a chance to make an impact on the United States, you know, soccer, because they can't play. If you think about it, you know, like a LeBron James or, or, you know, some guy that was really good at another sport, maybe he liked soccer, but unfortunately he couldn't play it because his mom couldn't afford it.
0: And so, I think you get a good point. Danny brought up a great point. If you think about youth sports, um, People, I mean, kids, kids aren't, I should say, organized youth sports. Besides soccer, there isn't like kids clamoring to play youth basketball when they get past a certain age, right? But soccer, they continue playing it, you know, Um, and it's, it feels like there's more soccer leagues than anything else you can join as a kid. Like a ton of where there isn't, you can't just go join a football league. You know, there isn't, you know, the neighborhood football league, there isn't the of course, there's baseball, but that's dirt cheap. Any any kid can play baseball. Most of the kids suck at it anyway. So, yeah, but yeah, soccer is definitely something where it is it's expensive. You're right. I mean, I, Carlos can, you know, join on this one. Just running a team is expensive. Even when we coached a, what they considered amateur semi-pro adult league, it was expensive as hell buying all the uniforms to everybody, making sure they had all, everything they needed, uh, paying for the league fees, the referees, it just keeps adding up and adding up. And even as adults, they don't even wanna pay. They show up, oh, I don't wanna pay my fees. I wanna, I'll play for your team though. Even they don't wanna pay. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you have a job. I, I'm laugh. I don't care. I'm too good to pay. Like, you know. Well,
2: he's able to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what I team, mean? As a team, you need those players
0: yeah and that's the thing you're like okay i'll pay your fees damn it i need you at forward yeah 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 and it's just it's crazy it's uh it's crazy how people don't think that how expensive soccer is it is an expensive sport to
2: it doesn't have to
0: be it doesn't No, you're right it doesn't have to be you're you're 100 correct it doesn't have it it could be just as inexpensive as the other sports
2: i actually should be cheaper than any any other sport because uh, i came from turkey You guys Mm -hmm. from Portugal. And uh, all you need to have, not even a cleats. If you have a sneaker and you have a shirt and you have a short, you're good to go. Unfortunately, structures built in the United States is a little bit different. And there's a lot of disconnections. So you said uh, youth basketball, youth baseball, or American football, right? Mm -hmm. They're connected from the neighborhood to the schools, Mm -hmm. to the college, and the pro. There's a system in place, so as a parent, you follow those, and they're consistent each other. So uh, the parent sees that there's a future for my kid, and able to get a scholarship from the college, get a scholarship from somewhere to be qualified. If you don't have the money, because you're talented. In soccer, even if you're talented, those elements in uh, construction, it's not structures not there. So you have to go to the private clubs. You cannot go to your high school team or middle school team to play because season's too short and a couple teachers run the program. They have no soccer background and they have no idea. They're just putting kids together and play. Then the kids has no connection from there to go to college with the scholarship. Nobody offers them. So, uh, soccer Clark uh, scholarships these days are about a two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars. Except the ladies side, ladies side is, is a full scholarships. That's why you see the women soccer is very um, strong in the uh, the world because there's a structure and path to follow. So hopefully, yeah,
0: yeah, it. yeah. No, you're right. That's and that's why I look at it. I look at it as as kids in other sports, they look forward to playing high school soccer because they know that's the next level to get them where they want to be. Mm-hmm. and you're right You soccer there's not that outlook it's just i'm gonna keep playing soccer in this league that might not get me anywhere but i'm gonna just keep paying to play because i want to play you know yes. and that's just you know that's the take on it and that's how it is when i coach a team it was just guys wanting to pay to play that's yes. it i just i want to play here's some money I, oh you're not very good i don't but i don't care Come play on my team anyway you pay the fee
2: you well, know? It's, it's funny you said that i mean i see a lot of talented players sometimes i go out there Recruit them from the parks, yep. and most likely the Hispanics or some other culture kids. Uh-huh. And uh, but the mom and dad doesn't have enough money to support that. Even sometimes I pay from my pocket or give them a ride. But diversity is so much in the soccer that everybody calls themselves comp team, ODP teams, <laughs> uh, the academy teams. Yeah. In my eyes, they are no different. They are all grassroots teams because they're youth. And uh, But they promise a lot of things that they cannot deliver. A lot of clubs has no identity. They call themselves a rec soccer, then all of a sudden, oh, I have a comp team. And uh, a lot of them is run by the volunteer coaches, mom and dad. No knowledge. They just know on the street or from their own background. Uh, the, if you compare to other sports, we, are, we have a lot of deficit on that end too. So um, those players that are very talented, don't have a lot of money, they have nowhere to go because one tournament is in the different city or different town. Now we have to go travel. We have to pay the hotel, lodging, and everything else over the weekend tournaments. That's a lot of cost. So average family these days, if they play organized soccer, they're paying about $45,000 a year. That's a lot of money. Oh, I mean,
3: yeah. You say four to five or forty-five? Four to five, right? Four to five. Four to this five.
2: is average. That is a lot. And I mean in... that's gone up, obviously. Yeah. I mean, because we're looking at about two hundred dollars a month fees, gears, and lodging on the if you go to the tournament, tournaments are expensive. Each team pays about a thousand dollars now these days, if you have a tournament. So you're paying the hotel and this and that. That's a big commitment for parents that they have two income and four kids.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's expensive. I mean, <laughs> it's it is really expensive. Uh, Danny, what's your take on that?
1: Well, I mean, you, you have to figure out, and, and I, I, think, I, I think the, the, whole, the whole issue with, with it in this country is what, uh, what was said earlier about you can't look at soccer in the same manner in which you look at basketball, football, and baseball in terms of that next level in, in doing the whole school, high school, college. Because by the time that that senior year is over for an American kid who's gone through that that whole system, he's 22, he's 21, 22, 23 years old. The, he hasn't been part of any kind of club association. It's only been the college structure, which to be honest, I'm not f- too familiar with, but from everything that I've read and from everything that I've, you know, in, in talking with a lot of people who are kind of against it, it doesn't fulfill what a United States national team is looking for on the men's side. Uh, as, as as was said earlier, the women's side, yeah, there's more money there going through that system, but you know, you're looking at, you're looking at all these younger players now who, you know, are, are applying their trade in Europe and none of them went to college to play soccer in this country. They were all, you know, there's that Bradenton, that Bradenton Academy in Florida, which is probably the closest thing to a, um, I guess, national, like, a, like a, na- a national setting to get these players ready for that next level internationally to leave the states to go play in in England and in Spain and in Germany. Yeah, there there are success stories in the MLS where it's gone or the, you know they've gone through college and stuff and but internationally for the bigger name players that's few and far between. You know, guys like Landon Donovan didn't play college ball. Guys like Clint Dempsey didn't play college ball. You know, a guy like Jordan Morris who is probably the best player to play college soccer. Uh, that the states have produced in in the last maybe five ten years, he's he's the exception. He isn't the rule, you know. Uh, you know, Tom Brady going to Michigan is the rule in football. Uh, yeah, you're you know, right. Yeah, you're yeah so it's just Correct. it's just such so, it's it's something that the American culture just has not grasped in no, terms of no. developing soccer in this country.
0: Yeah, and but, you're right. You're right because when you think about what you just said. Was the last time ESPN told you you have to watch this soccer player out
1: of Syracuse? We're
0: gonna keep I mean, showing you his high- John <laughs> Wallace. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, John Wallace. Like, like we're gonna keep showing you his soccer highlights. Oh my God, he's the next big thing. No, because yeah, yeah college soccer here is it's well, it's it, it's what soccer is in the states in general. It's fourth, fifth place in the sports, you know, hierarchy. It's a
1: replication of what the MLS is and if that's the product, that's the product, but we can't also be surprised that the product internationally hasn't improved over the years like we thought it might, and I think it's slowly getting there on the bigger scale, but again, you it, the and I know that we're, we're talking youth soccer here, but, uh, but with these younger players in in, in in europe playing and now playing for the united states today you know, you know they had the the uh the friendly against wales you know a lot of those kids are are not what the system is currently in the states and internationally you have to take advantage of that while they're playing but you have to fix a system that is too replicated on the other big sports that just doesn't work for this sport in this country
0: yeah well, no, you're right about that yeah.
2: Are you familiar? Are you guys familiar with the how the Europe or other countries, uh, the soccer system works in the youth to the professional? Are you guys familiar with? It? Somewhat, somewhat. Okay. somewhat. Uh, I'll give you an example from my country, but very similar in Europe. So you start playing soccer in the, your neighborhood, okay, in the street, and all of a sudden, you start. You have a neighborhood team. And uh, these teams are connected to your major teams and professional teams. And uh, their job is to feed the system. So they're not saying that I'm going to be better than you. It says, hey, let's say Benfica, I'm working for Benfica club, but I'm in the youth soccer. So my job is to promote player and send it to Benfica. And with that, when these players become uh, age 14 to 15 to 16, it will be the, his first sign-up contract. In that first sign-up contract, uh, part of the money goes to the club that who raised them. So mm. club able to get money, and that way they can stay in the business and able to find more players that talented. And also they don't uh, those parents uh, those players don't have to they don't have to pay anything. So to the player side is free. The clubs get feed by professional teams because they need those youth players. So you guys see that sometimes uh, the brand new, let's say in the Barcelona, uh, some brand new guys. he's age 17, 18. All of a sudden, right, where this guy came from. But if you look at his history, the behind, probably three, four clubs before he comes to the Barcelona. So Barcelona pays those fees, those clubs because those clubs have to get paid. The structure is totally different. So that's why a lot of recruiters goes out there on the streets, on the neighborhood neighborhood games, start identifying those players, and yep. they select the players from there. Hopefully, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's like a it's like yeah. a farm system. Yeah, it's yep. it's, it's, it's almost like baseball.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: You're, yeah, where the Yankees feed three teams the yes. money to keep building their players up and then set them up.
2: Like certain c- clubs in uh, Spain, Valencia or some other clubs they're well-known their academy players club
1: their job is to
2: promote players they're never going to be top 10 every time because they don't have that budget but they suit wide promoting and transferring players to the other clubs so they get paid
0: well there you go all right well we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back after this on nurse talking the podcast with more soccer nerdsreviews.com for all your latest in tech video games movies and more go to nerdsreviews.com today welcome back to nerds talking the podcast our soccer edition we have a question from carlos here in the segment um go ahead and lead us off what you have
3: well, first, I want to uh, touch touch real quick on what uh, Danny and Maurice were saying, and what um, Emery was saying. Like scouting, I think scouting is a big problem when it comes to to uh, youth soccer. I mean, if you were to put basketball into play, scouts they you know they will scout the local gyms, they'll sc- scout the local blacktops, you know, in the parks, this and that. But I think in soccer, with the scouting is that they really they really just scout college and you know the high-end tournaments i mean you don't see these scouts going out to the parks and looking at the kids you know you don't see them hanging out with the youth practices like you know emory you're not gonna have a scout hanging out with your practice to look at your kids well, right no. no because and that's part i think that's another part of the problems and it's, it's it's scouting is a big problem i mean that's why some of these kids they leave soccer because so obviously because some of the other games are more popular and they have a better chance of getting picked up and scouted if they're that good, right?
2: I mean, funny so. funny. you said just said that age 12 to 14, most of the soccer players quit. We lose most of the best players. We, they quit. They go to basketball, lacrosse, and uh, believe it or not, play rugby, but they don't play soccer. They quit.
0: And I, I can see that. I can see that kids quit at that age because of interest and because of parents, you know. Uh, parents, um, uh, I think you're done playing that, you know, go play your Xbox. You know, you, you, you know oh, I want to go play, you know, this now, you know, I mean, Maurice, did you what age did you play and what age did you tell yourself? Eh, I don't want to play anymore.
4: Uh, I, I played for a pretty long time. I think I was like seven years old, six years old, seven years old, eight years old when I first started playing and then I played throughout junior high all the way to high school. And I think once I started working in high school, I stopped playing. And I started playing again when I was like 17, 18. I played until I was 20, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have a passion for it, you have a passion for it. I don't think you're going to let that change. But unfortunately, you know, like, like Danny said earlier, you know, they have certain steps in certain sports that you progress through. You know, co- high school, college, then pro. Soccer? it whittles down, you know, it's like you could play high school, but it doesn't mean you're going to get scouted to go to college. So that makes it a little bit narrower. And then I just think the avenues for these people to have success in any type of sport, isn't there with soccer. It's just yeah. not, you know, unfortunately. So just, yeah, the kids get tired and don't see a, a path in front of them. So they don't want to play anymore.
3: Yeah. I think you're right. Um, well, the other thing, thing too is that if oh, you go ahead, Carlos. get to college to play soccer, you're already, like in Euro terms, you're, you're in your prime. Yeah. So here in the U.S., your pride, if you're playing college, you're that's it. I time. mean, your highest level, if yeah. you're lucky, is MLS. You're not going to Europe. And now a lot of these players feel, I'm sure they feel that if they don't make it to Europe, they've failed as a yeah. soccer player, yeah. right? Because that's that's their goal. You know, they want, they want to be the next Neymar. They want to be the next Messi, right?
4: It's but you're not, not going to be that
3: if you go to college. It's a three-month season. It's so short. They play, they spend no time on this. And when colleges cut sports, they cut soccer first. They're not going to cut football. They're not going to cut baseball or basketball. So in the US, I mean, that's a big problem. If you want your kid to succeed as a soccer player, in my eyes, you got to take them to Europe. You got to make that step and make that personal sacrifice if you can, if you're a citizen of another country or if you get accepted by these other clubs. I mean, you will rarely get scouted by other clubs here in the US, especially I mean, to me, college is it. I mean, if you play college ball, congratulations, you play college ball. And if you're lucky to get to the MLS, cool. But that's it. I mean, just that's that's I mean, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, but my question is uh for Danny, I mean, wouldn't
0: you see reaching the MLS as 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 a US player, like the top goal in a sense, not necessarily playing in Europe because I think that's a stretch. U.S. players playing in Europe as well.
1: Uh, I would disagree. If you, you know, the, the thing about soccer in this country that um, I think is a big positive in the just the amount of players that we do have uh, playing uh, playing overseas. Believe it or not, and Maurice, uh, you know, as a gaming guy, FIFA on Xbox and FIFA on PlayStation has given these kids an ability to identify with the Neymars and the Messies and Ronaldo's and Gareth Bale's and, 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 all these, and all these players that, you know, when, when you're learning how to play FIFA, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, the team that has the highest rating. Well, the highest rated team has the best players. And then you familiarize yourself with that. Then all of a sudden in the last 10, 15 years, you've seen that the United States has, you know, purchased the rights to Champions League uh, matches on ESPN and then on Fox and on CBS, and then the same thing with uh, you know the MLS. You know, building off of the, the the great World Cup that was in 1994 here in the country. Uh, but this sport, and I think uh, I think Men and Blazers, uh, their podcast, I think it's uh, it's it's the fastest growing sport since 1972 or something like that in the country. I mean, it just it just hasn't hit yet. And one of the points that was made before was when you get to 13, 14 and you see that players have stopped um, going forward because maybe the parents don't, uh, you know, are saying, well, you've hit it. Well, it's yeah, it's money, but also they also don't know any other outlet for soccer other than the United States way, because it wasn't part of the culture. And I think culturally it has uh, this has a lot to do with the issues that this country has with, not being where it potentially could be because it just isn't something that we were brought up with. You know, all of us Portuguese guys, we know that uh, you know soccer is 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 you know next to religion in, in yeah. Portugal. Emory, same with you, probably in Turkey as well. And all the of it, it's everywhere. It's, the main sport. it's big everywhere except here. Yeah, and it and it still potentially could be such a awesome sport with a bunch of uh, athletes that can play this game. But if that inherent love for the soccer and love for the sport isn't there, it's hard to replicate that later on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. I think soccer here is a regional thing. You know what I mean? So unlike say a really popular team like the Did New York say, Yankees.
4: You say original or unoriginal?
0: Oh uh, no, regional. Regional. Okay. Where your team, like for instance, the LA Galaxy, the only fans are in LA. You know what I mean? Like they're packing the stadium. They're, they're, they're not a team. There's
1: no one in North Dakota cheering for the Galaxy.
0: Exactly. But there's someone <laughs> in North the, the Dakota cheering for, <laughs> cheering for the Yankees, right? Cheering for the 49ers. You know what I mean? Like here, it's never, ever going to trump the top three sports in this country. It's, I'll, just, I'll be honest. I don't think it's ever going to come close to the top three sports in this country. It never will. Yeah. It's just, it just not here.
1: But if that's the goal, they're going to lose. I don't. Yeah, if if they want to take a different approach, it 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 does. See, I don't think, uh, and I'm not saying that you're you're saying this stuff yet, but just just be who you are and try to improve in that sense. So, yeah, they're never going to beat the NFL or Major League Baseball or or the NBA, but can't you improve on what's uh, on what is the the system now and and try to make the MLS a more attractive option? Try to make um, you know the the players that you see potential in you know try to find outlets to where you can help that family out where you know maybe they send them to uh, to coaches that actually have plied their trade in England or have been doing it for 20 30 years or just trying to find different outlets instead of just all right sign up here all right we, we go for 10 weeks and then it's over and then you will do it in junior high you'll do it in high school do it in college and then see ya that's it you know there there's yeah, the answers aren't easy, but they—they have. W- there has to be someone who's working on these that are in much higher places than the five of us.
0: Well, yeah. we're working hard. We're working really hard. I it?
1: know you are, man.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> all right, let's take one more break here, and then we'll be right back here on Nerds Talking the podcast. Up next, we're going to talk about uh, not more, or less. Can it be fixed? What we already kind of gone through all the ideas what everyone has, but. We're going to kind of dip into that. And then we're going to have an opinion on what makes the best player in the world. Oh, that's going to be a good one. right here on Nerds Talking, the podcast. All right. The game's on. Pass, 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 pass. Okay. Pass, 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 pass somebody shoot pass, the damn ball pass, pass, pass. oh pass, pass, shoot pass, the damn pass, ball okay. pass, oh pass, 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 this is why pass, 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 pass. welcome shoot back to nerds pass, talking the podcast the pass, soccer pass, pass, edition uh we're gonna jump into the culture of soccer in the u.s and and more or less like you're growing up and how soccer was portrayed to you uh how it is how, how you see it in the u.s growing up because some people might see it as, you know, they already knew what it was, but it wasn't part of their their growing up. Because, for instance, you know, I grew up, you know, all of us here, Sacramento, basically. And we we all grew up being Sacramento Kings fans, right? It's kind of just thrown on us. You're a Kings fan. You're from Sacramento. It's what you know. You love the Sacramento Kings. Well, I can't. Can I be a Lakers fan? Uh, you don't want to do that. So, uh, you know, but it's you're a 49er fan because they're the local team. You know, that's the local team. You're the A's fan, you're the Giants fan and so forth. In soccer, you didn't have that growing up. You, you know what I mean? You didn't have you did if your dad said, oh, I, I like Benfica. Oh, well, wh- what? Uh, when are you going to watch that? Oh, We never we can't watch it. It's never on here. Oh, then how do you know about it? Oh, I'll, I'll get the newspaper or I'll, or I'll call my cousin in Portugal. He'll tell me what happened, you know, yeah. uh, before the Internet, you know. So that's the thing about culture in, in soccer. So then we'll go around the horn. We'll start off with Maurice. Like, from that perspective, like how was it growing up? You know, was soccer really part of the culture for you growing up? Or was it just something you played because, you know, your parents signed you up for it?
4: Uh, it was definitely part of the culture. I mean, coming from a family that's from Europe, you know, um, that's the main sport in europe so that's the passion my father had was was football soccer so that's what i was i was made to play i remember trying to branch off to play basketball and my dad showed no interest in that whatsoever <laughs> it was like basketball okay go do that with your mom i was like you know that's what i used to get so like soccer was pretty much like the first outlet that they even threw at me like this is the only yeah. thing you have to do this is what i know this is what i could I actually have knowledge about what you're doing. I won't be lost. I won't be confused.
0: You know what? That's a, that's a huge thing right there. That's hundred uh, percent. Danny, what's your take on that?
1: Well, I mean like much, much like Maurice um, was saying, it's, it's born into it. you born, you're born into that, you know, as, as a, as a person of Portuguese descent, uh, soccer is, is, is everything. It's like I said earlier, it's next to religion. Uh, I, I was like, you know, if my dad uh, coached me uh, in our, uh, in one of my first years, and when I was five or six years old, uh, years. Yeah, with the yeah uh, with the with the U team, uh, my uh, uh, my uh, my godfather Manuel um, uh, Juan Branc, uh, Those all those guys helped mold uh, me the player at a very young age, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, uh, you know, they were, my, my folks were supportive of whatever I wanted to play. Uh, I played a little basketball. Uh, I tried, I tried football, but it just never worked out. But, uh, but soccer was always the one thing that the entire family understood that the entire family could get behind. And, um, and yeah, that was always, that was instilled to me very, very early on. And I've done it with my kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Emory?
2: Oh, damn culture similar to you guys, but um, I brought uh, in in Turkey, when you're born, pretty much they tell you which team you're going to cheer for because your background and your family. So since I born, I'm from Fenerbahce, they're one of the uh, biggest teams in Turkey and you cannot change your flag. You cannot change your team. It is what it is. For the bad day, for the good day, <laughs> you're you're from Fenarbache. and I was lucky to able to train with them and able to practice with them and able to play for that. So, nice. but the, it's a dream as a kid, you know what I mean? Play for mm-hmm. the, that major team, and you go to the over the weekend to the games. You go as a group. You cannot just go mom and dad holding hands and we're we'll going the game. All the all the group from the neighborhood, you jump in the the little, uh, little cars, station wagons, whatever, you go to the somewhere eat first, then you go to the stadium. Then uh, during the game, you cheer, you lose your voice, you get sweaty, you get angry, you get happy, whatever the day is, then you lost, you lost your voice, you lost your, you know, the all energy. Now you're going back home during the, during the uh, between the stadium the home there's another story you know are you gonna fight or are you gonna celebrate <laughs> or are you gonna put your head down and criticize the whole game or the club the, uh, the coach or are you gonna fire the coach or whatever but that's every weekend oh yeah and that you grow up with and you learn as you go as a child to the, to growing up how to behave what to do, what's gonna happen in that, you know, they become a be part of you. It's a different than here. People here they can go, they can change teams, they can they can go with their, you know, certain people. And if you guys notice that certain part of the stadium, they don't cheer, they don't scream, they don't get excited with the game. They just watch very no emotion. There's no part of the game. And they eat their popcorn, I'll tell you one funny story and I'll try to cut, cut, cut it short. Uh, in World Cup in uh, France, I was in Europe and we were in Spain and uh, one of the good hotels, you know, the 100% good service. My ex-wife and uh, I and the kids and everything else. And uh, we want to watch the game from the TV. And my wife, she's she was American. And she says oh let's order pizza and this and that and everything comes to the room we can eat i just look at her eyes like nothing's gonna come trust me so as soon as games start in france in spain in barcelona everything stopped i'm not kidding you there is no car in the street nothing's moving in there you know the the around the, the the city and the street and we're looking down. I'm looking at it like, okay, game start. <laughs> and we ordered a pizza before the game. Guess when the pizza came? After, after the game is over, hour later, they said, hey, <laughs> there's your pizza. And I, I mean, I knew that already, but my wife couldn't believe it. She's like, what kind of service is this? What's going on? I said, hey, people stop everything in Europe. Watch <laughs> the game regardless what game is. Then after the game, life goes back on, reality. You're not going to see that in the United States, especially no. national games. Maybe Super Bowl. That's it. Yes. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Maybe.
0: How about if you, Carlos?
2: If it's not, you just watch it for commercial. <laughs> so, That's true. That's <laughs> true.
0: And yeah, see what movies are so, coming out.
2: Sorry if I bored bore you guys. No, but no, no, no. No, no. between That's, cultures.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: No, it is. Yeah. No, yeah. A good story.
3: And Carlos, how about you? Well, what's funny is that uh, when we moved to California, uh, Cause I was born in Canada and in Canada, my dad coached a soccer team and my neighbors, they played soccer. We went to go watch, you know, they, and, but when we moved to, you know, to California, the funny thing is I thought American soccer was for women only that is, <laughs> because that is all I saw. And then that's all. And then people would make fun of you. Oh, you like soccer. You want to play soccer. You're a girl. You know, that's what was ingrained in it me. It wasn't a tough sport. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it then, physical. um, and it obviously wasn't very popular. Um, but that's what I thought. I thought it was a women's sport. You, US soccer was a women's sport. And unfortunately, and not unfortunately, but it is today. I mean, they dominate. I mean, the women's soccer dominates. But it wasn't until the World Cup came to the US, I was like, oh, wait a second. No, this is a great sport. I, I love this. I love watching this. I was surprised, you know, because growing up, my cousins played soccer. Um, and we'd go watch them practice. But for some reason, my dad never put us in soccer, which I was odd. But once, you know, World Cup came, then I caught wind of CCSL. And then I started playing soccer in the CCSL, which is an amateur league. Uh, and I played, I think I played for like 12 years in CCSL. And I knew I wasn't going anywhere. It was just to play. I just wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to be a part of the soccer culture because that's what I wanted. So that's, that's my, I mean, that, that was my introduction to it came here. thought it was for women, not until the world cup came here that, you know, became something else to me. And to this day, I still play. Uh, It hurts to play, but I still play. Uh, And I, I mean, my son, he's only 19 months old, but when he gets old enough, I mean, he, he'll kick a ball around, but when he gets old enough, I'm hoping, you know, he, he likes the game enough to play it, you know, and make something of it. Yeah. I mean, Growing up, I mean,
0: I soccer was not part of anything growing up. Yeah, my dad watched it, but I played high school football. I played baseball. You know, I played organized basketball. My dad came to a football game one time. He was so lost at what was going on <laughs> that at halftime, he just came up to me and said, hey, we're leaving. I said, what do you mean? I don't know what's going on. And they just <laughs> left. And I'm like, you're just leaving? The game's still going on. Like, I still have another half to play. Like, nah, we don't know what's going on here. So, but it's just, it, you know what? I think it also is in America is there's, two, there's so many options for kids to play sports. It's not in Europe, soccer is number one, but name two or three other sports that kids gravitate to in Europe. Here, there's so many sports for kids to gravitate to.
4: Now it's basketball over there.
0: Oh, uh, well, yeah. See, now it is because the American culture blew it up, but that's, that's not the same here, you know, in the sense of soccer, Europe doesn't affect soccer here. Mm-hmm. it's it's dominated by kids want to kids have so many options. They can play basketball, baseball, football, soccer. I mean, hockey is really popular in the north, northeast. You know, you go there and kids don't want to play soccer. We can't have the year anyway, but kids don't want to play soccer. They don't want to play baseball or football. They want to play uh, lacrosse, you know, in the northeast. You know what I mean? There's so many options here for kids to play. And I think some touching on like college soccer, you're right about one thing. They'll get rid of it in a heartbeat. It doesn't make money. They don't care. They don't give scholarships out for soccer players. Maybe two per team.
2: And they they give two thousand dollars for I mean. college scholarships. Yeah, for the, yeah, uh, exactly.
0: Yeah, you know, they'll give you enough for your first two years and go. Oh, that's all. That's all you're getting.
2: This is also the MLS. I mean, uh, I, I remember some of the SAC Republic players, uh, two thousand dollars a month to play, and this is not joke. You know, so this is uh, That was their income? That's what they got yep. paid to play? Yep, and uh, that's why they left the club because, I mean, they have to have a job to survive, <laughs> to play Sec Republic. And uh, the funny, uh, there was a one Romanian guy came and tried out for Sec Republic about uh, 10 years ago. And uh, he was too much for us. Uh, he just came because he has a couple Romanian friends here and he came from Germany. And he was playing in the second league in Germany. He just wanted to join and see what they're gonna do with him. You know what I mean? So they said, "Oh, you look good. Everything else." And he's like, "You wanna play for us?" And says, "Sure." They offer him fifty thousand dollars. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. And he ended up going to Germany, play for Frankfurt, million oh, nice. and a half. He <laughs> signed up for it. Million and a half is nothing, by the way,
4: in oh, yeah. Germany.
2: I mean, you'll be a broke as a joke as a player. Like the best yeah. over. Your, your lifespan lifespan is another maybe ten years, maybe five years. You're gonna play if you don't get hurt, so it's not a big money. So,
0: and then that's a good point as we talk about the MLS. I just I don't think players. I mean, people might say, "Well, they're not they're not the talent, they're the money talent of Europe." But players don't get paid very well in the MLS. I think the average salaries maybe. Ninety thousand dollars. If you, if, if someone, you have, yeah. If someone can, yeah. If someone can kind of see what that is, but MLS. That's that's the thing about the MLS. Like I said, MLS is regional. There's two teams here in Los Angeles, and I tell you what, they love their teams in Los Angeles. Oh, they are, they absolutely love the LAFC club, whatever they're called. They love the Galaxy. They sell them out all the time. You know, I'm mean, gonna I tell you, it's a regional thing. People what's the seattle seattle has a great mls fan base
1: yeah
0: uh, portland does i mean all these teams have a great fan base chicago New York Chicago, York. yeah they just don't travel well they just you know um and you don't and to be honest when it's on tv you, it's, who cares i've seen la galaxy games live they're a lot of fun but i don't i won't watch it on television i mean What's the one thing you guys think MLS can do or should do to improve not necessarily better players but just to improve the product in general. Uh like what would what would be a take you would have? Danny what would be your take on that? Better players. <laughs> I just said no better players. honestly but what makes better players that's just by name <laughs> because you know they can't afford to name players so do they build their own stars or try to because I'm pretty sure they do try to, but again, it's original thing. So, pretty sure LA fans know all their good players, but they don't know all the Columbus players.
1: Sure, I think I think the, the number one thing with the MLS uh, in terms of attracting better players is you're gonna have to get them from Europe and from South America once they've passed their prime. Because mm-hmm. any any young American player who's plying their trade in the MLS will get signed to a team in Europe, so you can have them start there, but they're not going to stay there. You know, Mi- uh, Inter Miami just brought in uh, Gonzalo Higuain from uh, from Juventus. To me, that is a big signing because I think Higuain can still play in, at a high level in Europe. So, but also. He's not going to Columbus. He's not going to go to Kansas City. He's going to go to a big market where the MLS wants to uh, make sure that they have star players, which is Miami or oh, yeah. New York or the two mm-hmm. L- LA teams. You know, with Sacramento getting the uh, getting a franchise now in 2020, I think you got to push back to 2023. I'm not I'm not dumb enough to think that you know in three years we have a chance of getting someone like. Lionel Messi or Ronaldo at the end of their career. It's just not going to happen because the money isn't going to be there for that team. To me, what the MLS has to just figure out what it is, and I think it's a regional thing. I'm not going to care about the MLS, to be perfectly honest with you guys. I like the product. I have friends who cover the Galaxy. Uh, They have their own uh, podcast, the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. I've been following them just because I enjoy their product. But I'm not going to get all into the MLS until the Republic start, and once the yeah. Republics start, then I'm going to be more familiar with, you know, the both teams at both conferences. You know, you'll you'll obviously gravitate to the players that are on your team, and then you'll kind of start seeing how the league works. The designated player stuff, the allocation money, that's a lot of convoluted BS because there's ways to circumvent that stuff, and the bigger and the bigger market teams have been able to do that. They've been able to trade players to get other clubs allocation money so that they can bring in guys like Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Terry Henry and David Villa and Andre Pirlo. But I just don't think that there's, I don't think there's a fix Lafayette, yet to, to answer your question. I just think that it's just going to be a slow burn to get better players. But at the end of the day, the product is the, is going to be the product, and I I don't think as it currently uh, situates itself in the in the lexicon of sports in this country, it's just going to be what it is. And I enjoy the product personally. I enjoy that it exists. I think it's very very beneficial to a lot of kids in this country. Uh, Emery, the, the one thing like uh, you're you work for is it Placerville United? Placer United. Placer United. I'm sorry. This. This uh, section of California, you have Placer, Folsom, Roseville, Sacramento, Davis, Elk, Elk Grove. Grove. In terms of a hotbed of soccer, I think it's a great, great thing that this region is going to get themselves an MLS franchise. That's
4: why it started off so well, if you think about it. Yeah. Like With the Republic out 20,000 seats sold out at Hughes Stadium three weeks in a row. It's more Absolutely. than a Kings game. You know it's like
1: yeah and so and and that franchise is going to do great in terms of attendance because there's so many kids in this region playing soccer but we have to also be realistic about what it's going to be and it's just going to it's going to be an mls franchise and yeah unless it is a right out the gate super uh successful mls franchise we're going to exist because we're going to sell tickets and we're going to have we're going to make money that way but we're not going to attract any, anything different than what the, the what the current player scale is.
0: Yeah, and and I think MLS is NFL Europe. You know what I mean? Where we're always going to look at the Premier League as premier, so like the number one soccer, no matter what. So when someone brings up MLS, you go, oh yeah, that's like minor league soccer. You ever you ever seen the Premier League? You know, like that's kind of the take on that. But I got an update. Average average salary of an MLS player three hundred forty five thousand dollars.
2: I was going to say that. I was waiting.
0: You were going to say the exact yes. number. Yes. Hold on. That
2: average. I looked it up. That average. That's average. That's the average, average salary.
0: That's the average. Yeah. So that's, that's basically average. the lowest. So
2: somebody gets the top and the rest of them don't. The <laughs> other guy gets like 90,000. Oh, yeah. yeah. It says it's, like true.
0: it's true. It's
2: 70,000 no. a week that a player makes.
4: Yeah,
0: which minimum. is good. I mean. He said, if they
2: get that yeah. much, I start playing back again. Sign me yeah. up. I'm no, ready no, to go.
0: All no, right. That's not bad. Okay.
3: Carlos, what's your take on the MLS? Well. When it first started, um, I, to me, I mean, I'm glad, like Danny said, I'm glad Sacramento's getting MLS because I'll definitely go watch games. Uh, but the biggest reason I'm going to go watch the games is not because of Sac Republic because I want to see the other teams when they bring the older players from Europe to come play. <laughs> like the Kings um, back in the day. Well, exactly. Like, uh, when LA got Beckham, I went to the game to watch Beckham. I didn't go because I was an LA Galaxy fan. I could care less. I was there to see Beckham, right? And then i I didn't get a chance to see Ibrahimović. I would love to have seen that guy. To me, the MLS is the retirement home for great players. Yep. They know they can still play. Right. They know they can still play, but they're not starters anymore on their home teams or in Europe or anything, right? But they can still play. They can come over here and they can dominate the game. I mean, and, and to me, the MLS, when it first started, I never took it seriously because, I mean, come on. U.S. has this tendency to try to make something popular and make it their own. I mean, they had two point circles for crying out loud when the game first started. If you could score from that circle, it was worth two points. Just leave the game alone and just try to, I mean, try to make it your own, but don't change the rules. I mean, don't try to convolute. It was just ridiculous. That's why I've never taken it seriously. And I don't think I ever will. I mean, Europe soccer will always be in premier league and, you know um, you know, Madrid, Barcelona, and all those teams, and all those, you know, France, those to me are real soccer, but MLS, like I said, it's just retirement league, I want to go watch Sac Republic when they bring another player over, you know, maybe I'll go watch, if he's still in the league at the time, maybe I'll go watch Nani, because he plays for Miami currently, I believe, is, am I correct, Denny's well, right? Orlando. Orlando, right, and is Kaka, is he in, is he still playing? I think, he, I think he's done. I think oh, he's okay. done, yeah. Like Rooney came over for a little bit, but you know he got to play and he he dominated. But he went back home, and I don't even hear his name anymore. He's a he's he a player have coach. He here. Yeah, he's a player coach. Better better. Oh, option. is he?
4: It just yeah. shows you the talent level from like United States talent level to Europe talent levels. Right. Way, there's a big gap. Big gap. Oh, well, you mean, done, and
1: yeah. I I agree with the I agree with the the retirement uh, league to a certain extent. I think the I think it's gotten better though simply because you know Ibrahimovic was here and now he's back at AC Milan scoring yeah. goals you know uh who well, yeah beckham was here for for a while and he still went to go play uh for uh, for AC Milan as well and so i i i do think the in uh, the, the the whole thing as uh, as a league yeah it's a retirement league per se i don't think it's as big of a retirement league as it used to be but it's st- but the but the way it's built is still Aging stars, bring them over, cash in as much as you can. Um, and, and then and then just, you know, if they're done, they're done at the end of it. And if they want to move on and go back to Europe, if they still have the, a little bit of juice, yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, and you had a good point about Ibrahimovic. He revitalized his career through the MLS. He dominated so much that a team in Europe was like, oh, bring him back. Don't let him stay there anymore. Bring him so, back right so, now. And he's he's doing it over there. He's dominating again over there. I mean, Emery, what's your take on the MLS?
2: Uh, I go different direction than you guys. I know because you guys want to see some stars in MLS. Yeah, bring old uh, retired players from Europe, all over the countries. i rather bring the MLS to the different level, the excitement, the speed, and like a college basketball, college football. So i rather play the youth American players instead of somebody from Europe somewhere, you know, we can, we can do that as a show games. We can do that as a off season games or some kind of tournaments to see those players. But when you bring somebody old and and taking spot and taking a lot of money from the table, it kind of kills the youth soccer in the United States to to play front of the out playing play the stadium and and uh, digest that and able to become a United soccer player, United na- national team. So because this retirement guys comes in with the agenda, all about them, nothing about the youth, uh, not nothing about the United States soccer. So I rather put a limitation. I will say, okay, you're gonna bring that kind of player. You can only pay this much amount of money for this guy, because You're taking that money from the pool. You're giving them. I'd rather give another five youth American players promote the soccer and they get paid. Oh, That will become a goes trickle down to the 14 years old kid. I want to be like him. I want to get paid like that and play like that. And also brings the excitement. When I watch the MLS game, I fall asleep. I'm sorry. There's no excitement. So predictable. And then... You know the game. What's gonna happen? And uh, if you're okay with it, I'm, I'm not okay with it. I want the unpredictable game. I don't want to know what's gonna happen every five minutes, you know. And I want the cheer. I want the I want the excitement in the stadium, just like a, you know when you watch the college football, and uh, that you don't know the scores. It can go anywhere, and excitement. So I think that will draw more people to go come and watch. And also related to them, related to see their own players. And from United States, I want to be like him. I don't want to see my kids saying, I want to be a Beckham. He's an English guy. And he's not going to relate it. If my kid's American, I want to say, hey, I want to play like Joe. Joe's good. So i give you a funny story. Drogba came to, you know, the United States MLS. You know, he didn't do any any practice with the team, right? He didn't do practice with them. He just came to the game because it was too cold for him. And he came to the game and he scored because he knew that already he's playing so high level. I mean, there's no point. He practices at home. He just came to the game and he got paid. And that's to me is a craziness. You know, so I, I agree one point, you know, to make this soccer lovable in the United States. But all the parents watching the uh, Premier League, Spanish League, German League, whatever everything is everywhere now in the tri- but when i'm in the stadium i want to be part of my my team my players hopefully it makes sense so
0: right yeah that makes sense yeah that makes complete sense all right well we'll come back right after this with our last segment the best player in the world and what makes him the best player right after this on nerds talking the podcast don't forget to subscribe turn on notifications for new episodes every friday nerds talking the podcast welcome back to nerds talking the podcast the soccer special edition and we've touched a lot on u.s soccer from youth all the way to the mls but now it's time for the big question who is the best player not just in the world maybe the best player you've ever seen but what qualifies a player to be the best in the world or even at the moment so you know, instance, a Michael Jordan. We always say he's the best basketball player ever, and we all watched him play. And we he won championships, the stats, so on and so forth. But soccer's different. Soccer has a million different leagues going on. There's different cups. There's different championships. You know, there's diff- there's different uh, there's different we're, we're tiers, I guess, to a, a player. You know. Um, so what makes first of all gonna first you're gonna tell me who your who the best player is in your opinion and why he's the best player and then we'll all fight each other all right so here we go we'll start with maurice maurice give me your take on the best player what makes the best player what's the criteria for what you would consider the best player in the world
4: you really have to ask me that question
0: like i know i know you're gonna uh, say
4: you're probably gonna say Landon donovan but go ahead yeah 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 it's uh clint dempsey Ah, very uh, nice. You know, no, uh, for me, I'm I, ad- it, for me, for sure, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, because like I've seen the guy since he was like seventeen playing. You know, Manchester United coming across, and just to see to see that kind of player play at that level for our country, our na- our nation, it's like wow. You know, and it helps people like, oh, you're Portuguese, yo, Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, and that's what I get a lot. You know, but for me, like, what has He's a crazy athlete, just uh, a great goal scorer. And then the thing that just like gets me like amazed is longevity, longevity. It's long Longevity. long giftivity. long jeff longevity, like <laughs> long whatever. You know what I'm talking about. He's played forever. Like yeah. he's already passed like his age now, we would already see him other players in the MLS, you know, like doing the retirement parade, whatever you want to call it. But he's still playing and he's he's pushing at a pace where he still makes his teams competitive. And it's amazing to me. You know, it's like where you see these guys, how old's Cristiano Ronaldo now? 35. 30 34, 35. 35, yeah. Yeah, it, you don't see guys playing that long. And they're already done. They they don't even want to play for the national team. They don't even want to play, they're ready just to make their money. He's still like his he's still striving to make national soccer. For Portugal like good and he's still trying to bring them a World Cup win and a Euro Cup and he's like he still wants to play and that's that's amazing to me you know.
0: There we go so Maurice one point for Ronaldo Emery who is the best player in the world and what makes the best player
2: in the world all well, the defines and everybody has their own understanding and uh, what's the best I look at it differently and Cristiano Ronaldo is a very good player, very good, you know, and also idle for a lot of players that they look up and want to be like. And uh, it has a lot of qualities, but the, I look at it a little bit differently. I look at Messi, you know what I mean? Before Messi, there was other players like Johan Cruyff, Beckenbauer. You guys don't know those are now those are my age group. Pele and uh, this type of players, there has a characters you know they they not just they're good they also makes their, their teammates look good so they carry the team zidane uh, from real madrid i don't know you guys watched zidane in the past mm-hmm. very talented and uh, i think okay. he he played the world cup you guys know the butthead. you know the, yeah, but and he was going to be the most most uh, mvp in that so these are the players that they have a leadership in the team that they have a magnetism they pull together rest of the players and win as a team. They don't just put their own effort with their number, but they make the other players look good too, and they get looked up. And they have loyalty when they play this place. If you guys look at them, they don't change teams. They don't go anywhere. They stay in the same club. So, and hopefully makes sense. They don't go after money. Money comes to them. So the uh, club doesn't – they don't think about to the sell them out or trade them. Hopefully makes sense because their leadership and their influence in the team. So that's why I say Leon, uh, Leonard Messi.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good answer. I mean, I think for sure you have to look at – because Carlos and I got into this a couple of weeks back about best player in the world. It always depends on your personal preference because your yeah. club player, your favorite club player to you could be the best player in the world because he's dominating in that league and in that club. Yeah, somebody that plays in the you know the Wales Wales whatever soccer league, and he's you never heard of him, but over there he is the Ronaldo of the league, and you're like that guy's amazing, and you know he might be you know, but we know he's not. We just we're, just, we're using an example. So go ahead, Danny, give me your uh, best player, your criteria, how you know how you kind of see it for uh, soccer.
1: Uh, for me, it's it has to be that you balance being the star with wearing the armband and and again one of us is going to say Messi one of us is going to say Ronaldo I don't know if there's going to be any other options in terms of current players but you really can't go wrong with either one personally I'm going to go with Ronaldo simply because he's been the captain of the national team now for over a decade he had the captain's armband put on his on his arm at a very very early age Something that I thought was crazy at the time. But in terms of just the national team aspect of it, he has this, he's had this Michael Jordan type impact on kids in Portugal to where now you're seeing these kids who are, you know, 20, 21, uh, making the national team and now playing with the idol that they grew up looking at and, and watching when he was playing at Manchester United and when he was playing at Real Madrid, um, he is, you know, both these players, uh, uh, Ronaldo and Messi, they are once in a multi-multi-generational talent. We are arguably looking at the two greatest to ever play this game. Uh, but where, where, I, where I see the advantage, I guess, between Ronaldo and, and, uh, and Messi, you know, Emery had, uh, had, uh, had, had said that, you know, you know, I mean Ronaldo's on his like fourth club, I think. Messi's been Barcelona through and, uh, through, and through, and and that's that's commendable. Um, I uh, to me, it's I look at I look at the leader more on the national side with Ronaldo than I do on the club side. Uh, I think that Messi has a more of a leadership role on the club side than he, than he does with uh, Argentina. I don't think that they've excelled to where they should have. Uh, I think that you know they had their opportunity against Germany in the World Cup, and Germany was such a great team that they or that uh, that World Cup it was going to be hard anyway. But uh, I just think in terms of best player, I think having the international success that Ronaldo has had over over Messi puts him over the top for me. And then, but what a leadership or what a leader does to me is, no matter how bright the star is. He makes sure that those around him uh, feel just as important and play just as important because if you can raise your teammates level up on the field, I think it's a, I think it's a great, great sign of how good of a leader uh, you can be. Um, Emery brought up Zidane. I don't think there's been a more smoother player ever on the field. Mm-hmm. Him, Him and Ronaldinho, in terms of just aesthetics of watching people, uh, watching uh, football, watching soccer, probably my two favorites ever, uh, that I've ever seen. They're just the smoothness on the field. There's a skill level there on both those players that cannot be touched. And probably Johan Cruyff, uh, Emery mentioned, probably that's the generation before, two generations before, were very similar players to, uh, to them in terms of just the smoothness and the fluidity of, uh, of the field, or on the field, I should say. But a lot of choices. Not a choice I almost The funny uh, used to too.
2: smoke cigarette in the halftime. You know that, right? Between the – during the game.
1: Why? Well, it, doesn't, it doesn't shock me at
2: all. Two packs of cigarettes during the game. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Back in the days, he used to smoke on the sideline and put him out there. We were like, what the heck? you know? And this guy has a, such a phenomenal speed that uh, you couldn't catch the guy on the field.
0: Nice. And Carlos, your take on what makes the best player in the world – I know your answer. You guys are all the same.
3: Well, to me, I, I mean, I'm not gonna give you the obvious answer and say Ronaldo, but it's all to me. It's always a toss up between Messi and Ronaldo because I think maybe it's because of how um, Ronaldo is also uh, portrayed in the in the media. I mean, when you when they talk about the two, they always say that well, Messi is a bigger team player. I mean, he you know he hangs out with Neymar, he hangs out with uh, uh, Suarez, or when he was on the team, you know, when those two guys were on the team, it seemed like these three guys were like buddies and hanging out, right? And it made it look like, you know, he made he made people want to play in Barcelona because, hey, I want to go play with Messi because he's a nice guy. That's what it came out to be. And then, like Emery pointed out, um, Ronaldo seems to follow the money, right? I mean, that doesn't make him a bad player. I mean, obviously, teams want him. Like, Lafayette, you had mentioned... Well, there might be a guy in Wales who might be the Cristiano Ronaldo of Wales. But I'm sure if you follow that team in Wales and you heard Ronaldo's coming, you're like, well, who the hell was that guy? We want Ronaldo, right? So, I mean, anybody would want to pick this guy up. So because of that, I'd have to go with Ronaldo. I mean, I know Messi is one more, uh, Bologna Oros Oro, one more than Ronaldo. But that doesn't make him a better player, right? I mean... And like Danny had said, on a national level, Ronaldo's definitely, I mean, he's definitely the guy that you want to lead your team. Because, I mean, Messi, I don't i don't remember last time he was even in Argentina, right? I mean, he's been in Spain. He's not Argentini.
2: He's, he's a right. Spanish. He's Spanish,
3: right? He's been old. there since he's at least 12, I believe. Yep. And he's never gone home. He only yeah. goes home when he's playing for the national team. So because of that, you know, because of like, I have to side with Danny on this because of how he leads the national team. Ronaldo gets my vote on that.
0: Yeah. All right. There we go. So we have um, a one. Let me messy... ask you one
2: question. Yeah. What's the first team that Ronaldo played? Sporting. Sporting. Yeah. Sporting yeah, like... Lisbon,
0: not Benfica. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I've never, never played no. <laughs> Oh, it's all right. It's <laughs> okay.
2: It's okay.
4: No, but... I mean, we've, we've lived with that fact. It's yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: It's, that's <laughs> fine. That's... So, yeah, Sporting, we, but Sporting so we has the given the us all the best players in Portugal. But if yeah, you change a much. tint
3: on your TV, you can easily make green turn red. So it's, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about
4: it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh so we got
0: 3 Ronaldos and one Messi. I go with Mbappe. Uh plays in France. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, he's uh he's on, sure. yep, reason. Reason him, he's on the cover of FIFA Soccer. But, you know, <laughs> that's pretty much the reason I'm choosing him cuz he's on the cover of FIFA Soccer. you get you get he gets to use him on your team when you buy pre-order the game. So there you go. Uh, Ronaldo was on the cover plenty of times. So pass it on to the next guy. But yeah, that's uh it's I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna argue with you, you guys, when you say Ronaldo is the best player in the world. Essentially people that don't necessarily follow soccer. They just know who Ronaldo is. And and the thing is Ronaldo is that type of player where, oh yeah, that guy's really good, huh? They never really watch soccer. They what they know like they know Ronaldo is like the guy in soccer. And they they probably never never watched it, and that's kind of what he carries. He carries that stigma of, oh, like it's like Maurice said, oh, you're Portuguese, oh, Ronaldo, huh? And that's all they say to you, and <laughs> they know nothing about soccer. They just say that Ronaldo. He's globally known. Yeah, and then then you throw the whole, oh yeah, he's related to me. No way, they don't know. They barely know where Portugal is. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean that's the thing. He has. He definitely is worldwide he he's that guy worldwide i mean it's it's crazy to think that but when it comes to messi he he's not that guy in that in that aspect in in the soccer culture aspect he's not that big i mean he's he's massive but he's also five foot five or something like
4: that i think so. ronaldo has like the most instagram followers in the world well there you Probably go it's either that him or go, Ariana on yeah. the
0: grande that yeah i think
4: do. it's a tie it could be a tie i thought it was the <laughs> rock no, no, I
0: think it's
1: Ariana Grande number hey, and one. And Emery, anyone who beats COVID, you know, and Messi hasn't done it yet. Ronaldo's already beat COVID, so it's uh, he's definitely number one. So Ronaldo has
0: a Euro championship. He has a does he have a premier championship with he's, many? God, he's
1: got he's got Premier. he's got mm-hmm. Champions League, he's got uh the your, he, has a,
0: um, he has a Spanish cup doesn't he? Oh yeah, he's done he's done it all, man. And he beat COVID. Think about it. And that. he beat yeah. Good.
2: COVID,
0: yeah. This guy could run for president.
1: Yeah. she probably well, no I was party.
2: wondering you're gonna say HIV. He's not a family man, me know. No, that. he's not. <laughs> I not <won't... laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, that, that's where we part company, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. the best.
2: He's the best. Great. He's, he's the a best. true soccer player. He's a party man. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Uh, man. He, when you go over to uh, Portugal, he he his face is on everything.
2: Of course.
0: It's, but I mean, talking about everything. Like, you go and buy like a pastry in a box, he has his own. Which pizza. it should be.
2: Which it should be because that's the one Portugal player that over the world, hopefully, makes sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're it's, right. It's a, it's a no doubt, you know, that should be that should be right way. And, then, and I have a respect for that because he when it comes to professionalism in the game, he works out, he doesn't have just talent. He goes out there and do the job, watch his oh, weight, yeah. watch his fitness. You know, it, it's a, he respects that part of the, the, the game. Some players don't, if you guys notice that. When they make money, they get uh, with the girls, the parties, they get sloppy, and they will get disappeared. I'll give you a perfect example. George Best. He was one of the most talented players on the field. But George Best got lost in the clubs. He was drunk half of the game. He had a hangover before he uh, before it comes to the game, practices. So, But yeah, we lost him. He was the one of the guys when he goes to the field. Oh, man, you will love to watch the guy.
0: Wasn't that a 30 for 30? I think on ESPN. Yeah. I think if you look it up, you'll see that it's a, it's a really good one, too, all about George Best. And, yeah, how he basically threw his career away. Yes. He just loved the party. We and used to go
2: to the, go. Uh, the movie theaters to watch because we didn't have the TVs those days. And used to watch the news on the the theaters, and used to go out there and watch George Best games for half an hour. It was a black yeah. and white, and one of the fastest guy. But the, the so sometimes now- that fame gets you, take you the wrong way. That's why this Messi and Ronaldo they're able to control that. They, I mean, Ronaldinho, you said Ronaldinho get sloppy. You know, he ended up getting jailed and got in the, you know, the tax. Uh, problems and everything else. Some players got lost like that, but certain players they kept their personality and they kept their professionalism. So that's both players are great. So
0: like Mart, like um, what's the what's the hand of God? What's his name? Yeah, clean player right there. All right. Well, there <laughs> yeah. we go. There we go. Well, there we go. Everybody has their opinion on the best player currently in the world. And um, my one thing. Uh, anybody here see Ted Lassa, the soccer show?
1: love it Apple TV.
0: yeah so if you love soccer you have to watch ted lasso it is flipping awesome
1: oh jamie tarts my favorite player oh yes i knew you <laughs> i knew it I knew it yeah,
0: and you know what he's okay if he fixes his attitude he'll be all right he'll be all yeah, right
1: got a got a nice haircut mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah that's a little bit of a, a underbite or something i think <laughs> fix that but anyway so that there you go thanks for tuning in to nerds talking our soccer specialist been a great uh little around the horn but all the topics we touched on. Join us next time here on Nerds Talking, the podcast for Danny, Maurice, Emery, and Carlos. And I'm Lafayette. See you next time. Nerds Talking, the podcast. Brought to you by NerdsReviews.com. Your home for movie, tech, and video game reviews. Only at NerdsReviews.com.